Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's goody, Hot Breathiverse? We are back with our weekly Hot Breath Live. This is a very special edition. You know our mission here is to help cultivate the next generation of self-made comics. And our guest today, we're going to start bringing on guests here, okay? We're going to start getting out into the Hot Breathiverse, getting out there, learning from the comics that are out there on that self-made hustle firsthand. And our guest today, he was on... I look back a little over a year ago to promote his first ever comedy special. He self-produced, so you guys can check that out. And now he's back filming another special. Boom. And he's here to tell the tale of the things he's learned the hard way so you don't have to. And Yoshi is about to film a special as well, so maybe there's some good learnings that Yoshi can um, get before diving in and making all the mistakes in the, from the first one that we all do when we produce a special. We all do. But who yeah. we're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about is New York City's finest, Adam Mueller, everyone. Please welcome him <laughs> to the show. Let's Thank go. you for having me. Adam Mueller. Welcome back, buddy. Congratulations oh. on filming a second special. I feel, Have you been doing comedy seven years? Yeah. It's, yeah. That's, you, almost, you nailed it. Almost because yeah. I remember before the last special, it was almost six years. OK, because so, I was going to say that's almost creepy how you knew that. <laughs> I'm a fan, Adam. I'm a fan. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate it. Did you start on February 3rd? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, open mic at 5 p.m. <laughs> you went third and you did that weird joke about the closet. <laughs> yeah, it was me. <laughs> so people are going to listen to this not only because they love hot breath, but because they want to learn how to produce their own special and you mm. doing it twice now. I think mm. there's a lot that we can all learn from this. So, I mean, the one thing that's top of mind to me is you're, you're doing two specials within seven years of your comedy career. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Yeah. What's huh. the, what's going a, through yeah, your mind? It's a great question, right? Because yeah, what's the strategy um, behind that thought there, Adam? Because, and I, it, you know, because if, like, if I'd never done the first one, right, then the second one would have, could have, in theory, been that much better, I suppose. Um, if you take two hours of material and you cut it down to the best hour, it's going to be better. Um, but, look, I think I got so much out of the first one. Um, it, I got, I mean, we, we talked about it a year ago. I got very lucky that it came out as well as it did from a production standpoint. You know, the, the jokes I, I was, um, uh, proud enough of to make public in that way and initially when i when i committed to the first one i was like the worst case is i just get a bunch of you know instagram clips um and then it turned into something um much more significant and um and also started you know and something that actually you know it's it's fun when you sort of pivot in comedy and you start getting paid for some of this hard work so being able <laughs> yeah to, you know, <laughs> Say that one more time. Say, say that part. Yeah, no, right. um, because the, uh, I mean, the audio version of that first special is now on Sirius. So, you yep. know, that's, you start to get, there starts to be a multiple avenues to kind of recoup some of this um, effort you've put in. 
for sure. And I had so I, I'd cut so much out of the first one mm. um, that you know a year later I was like, oh, there's enough. You know, you keep writing every day. You have the stuff you cut out of the first one or that didn't quite get over the finish line in time. You know, like there's enough for a second one. Um, and I I work. I'm very productive when I put a flag in the ground and say. If I'm not ready by this date, I will embarrass myself. It really helps me get stuff done. Yeah. Um, but the idea of like doing a second one instead of holding off was I felt like I had the material. I felt like it would be 50% better than the first one, which was kind of an important sort of theoretical concept to me because there's no point <laughs> in doing one that's exactly, you know, you got, if you're not improving, something's gone wrong, especially mm -hmm. in like the actual product that you put out for everyone to see. And, um, and I and I wanted to just have more out there, more ways, more um, more things for people to watch, more clips, more tracks on SiriusXM, more YouTube views, etc. Yeah, and, and I also don't. I think it's become very, very hard to burn material as well. So it's not. I'm not worried about it being out there. If that makes sense, that wasn't a concern. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're 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 on a content quest that's yeah so that's that's what i was gonna say is it's it, so it's interesting it used to and this is and i'm asking you this because literally this past weekend i worked with a comedian in san francisco named helen chu who's hilarious been doing it sit like six years and she was talking mm. about about to film a special mm. so we were talking about the timeline of like how the old school mentality of filming a special to now it's like it's like just getting something out there to promote yourself as like just that I do comedy and I get content from it. It's not necessarily doing the hour. It's more of all the content you'll get from just having this high quality production of your comedy. Yeah. And it's sort of like a proof of concept of yourself as a comedian, because, you know, look, it's really, it's become increasingly difficult. Well, we, we could argue this, we could debate this. It's become increasingly difficult to get, say like a late night set. There's less late night shows. It feels like they don't like several of them don't really put comics on that often. Um, yeah. And so and so that as that as sort of a. Uh, as a sort of proof of concept that you're funny enough to get, you know, booked by people, it's, it's trickier to get that. But what we've evolved into is this DIY world. So if if the if you think you're good enough um, for that kind of recognition and and you're not but it's but it's hard to get you know figure out a way to get, get it for yourself and it's not quite the same of course but i was sick of being brought to stage with no real credit other than whatever the last festival i went to so i was like well what if why can't my credit be youtube special all i have to do is make one yeah mm -hmm. um and like and and then it goes in the email to when i'm when we're reaching out to bookers to say here here's an hour watch any part of it like I can, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, I, I think that this. has helped get my, e you know, cause part of it is just getting the emails read, right? Like, because if you're a booker, you're getting inundated with these emails, you can't read them all. Um, so having sort of a special out there, I think helps with that. And I don't know why having a second one wouldn't help more, especially if it's better. Yeah, and I can't imagine a booker thinking, oh, this person's done two specials. They're doing too many specials. I think the opposite <laughs> would be, oh, this comedian is grinding. Like, this comedian yeah. is writing and performing a lot, developing material a lot. Like, they are taking 
the career seriously as opposed to, oh, maybe they did one too early and the material wasn't quite ready. I think people would see it as this comic is putting in the work and willing to put themselves out there. Yeah, and look, I, th I think it's, you know, I've sort of had this theory of the goal each year is to get rejected as many times as possible. Mm. Um, because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have a goal where I have to get something because that's out of my control, but I can control some, how many things I submit to. I can control the work and effort I put in. And if they don't, if, it, if the end of that, they don't want it or they don't want me or whatever it is, that's okay. Um, but if I get, if you get, if you get rejected a hundred times, that 101st thing might actually work, you know? Um, so, so there's part of that. And, you know, I also, um, over the last, like, since the first one came out, I, I'm not afraid to submit. I have no, I have a pretty thick skin. I'm not afraid to submit to anything. So I cold emailed a few like late night, uh, bookers and with, with the set said, Hey, this set, I think this set is good enough for your, your show. Here it is. And, um, it was written a little more professionally than what I just said. Uh, but in one case that, you know, you, you send a unique YouTube link to the set, right? And it got, it got viewed six times. And then I got an email back. And it was the first time that had happened, which said, thanks for submitting. We're going to pass, but please resubmit. But, you know, at the end of the year. So, of course, you do. And then that one got passed on and never got watched. And that's just that's just part of the game. Um, but I think there's something about submitting again to promote a special that's coming out that maybe gives it a better chance of getting looked at. So it's yeah. just it's, it's just doing all those little things like and I will. I'll send another five minute set. Like when I know, yep. you know, when the special's coming out and say, I'd love to do this set on your show and promote my special and maybe they'll watch it. Maybe they won't, but I think it's got a better chance yeah. than just another kind of random email. Yeah. You're just putting up shots. Yeah. You're putting up yeah. shots and that's, that's awesome. And I think to your point, we're in this day and age where shots is really where like the magic happens. <laughs> you just got to put up a lot of shots in a lot of places. That's a very unique way when you mentioned the rejection letters. I never thought yeah. about it that way. Yeah. But it's like, all right, how many rejection letters can I get? Actually makes you more excited when you actually get a rejection letter. So when a, when something does pop off, you're like, I didn't even see this coming. That's great. <laughs> when you yeah, do and get it's so much easier festival. just to send some emails and then forget you sent yeah. them. And then every once in a while, if, if a reply pops up, it's like, holy, holy crap. They read yeah, it. That worked. You know, that this, worked. This, this, Wait, what? <laughs> and also, look, I also think, um, also think the first special was instrumental in um, getting me a dry bar, which I'm taping in a few weeks now. You so are. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Congratulations. My submission there. from a from the dry bar was just a chunk of the first special. Yeah. Awesome, so, dude. That helped. So you know, yeah. you know, it's you don't always get what you like what you're trying to get, you might, you, you get, but you might, you'll get something. And then you just keep, you keep building and you, you know, have gratitude for what you do get. Focus on right. what you can control. Gratitude. Mm -hmm. Adam's preaching here, Yoshi. He's just, he's just, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, we might like well, if you work, if you minister, work hard and create stuff Mila you're proud of, it'll work out, piece. right? Yeah. Minister Mueller preaching to the choir. I see you, Minister Mueller. Mm. Uh, so the first one to the second one, what do you, what'd you do differently? Uh, and what'd you learn about doing the second one? Yeah, sure. Let, let's get into the, the yeah, let's get into the special now. Yoshi's about to film one. 
Okay. Everyone listening has filmed one or is like aspire to someday or just want to learn sure. the process. Yeah, let's get into the weeds here. All right. So just to, if we quickly recap the first one, just to set yeah. the stage. Yes. You know, yeah. I I um, I filmed it at a club that had a, a, a very good house camera that I could crank up to, you know, 4K, et cetera. I had a comic that had his own version of the exact of that camera as well. So now I had two great cameras. And then instead of uh, hiring a film crew, I bought myself a nice camera for the third main camera and then found some cheap cameras lying around, found some Zoom recorders, put them all over the room and hoped for the best. And, you know, 10 minutes before I was on stage, I was still fiddling with equipment. Right. Um, that's yeah. not how to do it. <laughs> that's I um, mean, that's not how to do it, but it got you a drive but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no. If, if that's yeah, the, look, yeah. if you're if on a shoestring budget, you can film something. And the worst case For is sure. you don't end up putting it out. That's the worst yeah. case. So that's if you haven't spent case. much money, then who cares? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and I got very lucky too that after the fact, someone a, a, a guy named Jason Katz, who's now filmed and directed a ton of these specials, um, reached out to me. And, and he didn't realize I'd already sort of filmed and said, I'd love to direct your special. I saw you doing something. And I had said to him, oh, wow. And he sent me his resume and stuff. And it's so impressive. Um, I said, I would have reached out to you, but like, I didn't think you'd want to do mine in a million years, given the names on the list. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he did all three of Joe Lists, I think. He did one of Sam nice. Morell's. He's worked on Mark Norman's. He's he's directing Rachel uh, Feinstein's for Netflix right now, um, nice. so he's so he's busy and very very good. So, but he was gracious enough where I said, oh, "Why don't I give you all the footage and the audio stuff, and you do it from you take it from here?" And I think that's one of the reasons it turned out so well because he knew what he was doing um, in the post production. So I got very lucky there. And then this time around, I was like, "Hey, can you just do the whole thing this time?" And um, so it was helpful one that he, he already knew me and my yeah. comedy and kind of the vibe I give off and he'd edited and directed the first one. Um, he just hadn't filmed it. So that helped. And we filmed it at the exact same club, but the idea was we want to make it look and feel very different. So that's why you nice. see like there's the light, like we brought in, he brought in his own lights this time. He, um, we created a little like haze in the room, which looks very, mm -hmm. very cool with the lights. We covered up the back wall with a curtain. Um, the angles are slightly different. And, you know, of course, the quality of equipment was just next level versus what we'd had the first time. Nice. So awesome. and I didn't and I didn't, you know, I got to the club. The, the first show was, I think, seven, either seven or seven thirty. I got yeah. to the club at five and like everything's set up. So you, know, you recorded two shows. We did two shows. Two shows. Awesome. Yeah, that's an important distinction. Um, although uh, it's interesting doing the second show. Um, I didn't. It, as, I, as it turned out, I didn't need it, and I think it's. I suspect it happens a lot where you get it on the first show. Mm. Because it's like, especially, you know, the first show is like seven or seven thirty. The second show is nine thirty. It's later. You know, this, the first show was pretty much sold out. The second show wasn't quite as full. Yeah. Um, it was a Thursday night, so people still have to work the next day. They're a little tired at the late show. And I was <laughs> tired because I'd just done it. 
And what we did is like, um, and I ran the set and then stayed up there and we did some pickups, repeated some jokes. We did some other stuff. And when I got, I was on stage probably for like 90 minutes on that first show. And when I got off, I was like, Hey, I think we got it. Should we just cancel the late show? <laughs> um, <laughs> of course we didn't. And the late show was still fun, but you, I could tell within five minutes of starting that show that like, Oh, I'm not, you know, it's going to be hard to get something on this show. That's any better than what we've got mm, for sure. And I think we've got, we're using a couple lines maybe, and maybe one joke from the second show. Got it. So it's 99% the first, the first show and the pickups at the end, which are really helpful. What, what is the pickups? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? What'd you do? So what, so what I mean is, um, so I did the set right as planned. And it was about 70 minutes, which was deliberate because I wanted to be able to cut a bunch of stuff out. I, I don't want to do a 70 minute special, but I want to have the flexibility to decide what to keep. Um, and then, you know, it was it ends. Everyone applauds everyone because it's got that great sort of uh, special event energy. Right. Because yeah. there's people there to see you. But even people that didn't know me. Um, that bought a ticket, like it's advertised. This is a special recording event. They come in, they see these five massive cameras, a smoke machine, cool lights. They're like, oh, this is a cool thing. So there's that energy yeah. vibe. And then, um, but I don't walk, I don't leave the stage. I stand there. <laughs> and then, um, and the host at the beginning has already said, when the show ends, stay in your seats. This is a recording, so we might want to pick a few things up. And then the, the Jason, the director, had had um, identified a few jokes he wanted me to redo. So I had to mm. get back in the kind of moment of those jokes and do them again, which was weird. It there, there's some funny footage of me trying to start jokes at that oh, point. Oh, that's how the um, And but you but the crowd gets super hype because now they're they're seeing the sausage get made and they're super mm -hmm. excited and the laughs like the noise on the pickups was probably the loudest part of the show. Um. And it's things you don't think of. Like, I think there's one joke, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to tell me I just need this one line. He's just because it's in the moment. He's going to say, just do that joke again. And then yeah. when I looked at the footage after the problem was I, I'd taken a, on one of them, right. I'd taken a sip of water and I'd started the first line of the joke before I put the water back on the stool. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he just needed me to like, I did the whole joke again, but what he really just needed was the very beginning. And then yeah. you can cut back to the first one. Once the water's been put back. Yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. You just don't really think yeah. about it. There was one For where sure. I just flubbed. I flubbed a line, um, and after he and I did the. So he just shouted from the back of the room, like you know, do the animal doctor joke again, do that joke again, do that joke again. And he had three, and then he's like, "Do you have any?" And I had a couple that I just kind of mentally noted on the way through, which was sort of weird to try to remember. And then I did those. Um, yeah. And that was like another, you know, 15 minutes. Nice. And then, uh, and then you're like, oh, we got like, we got great versions of everything now. That's um, sweet. But it's exhausting. <laughs> I could imagine doing that for 90 minutes and then yeah. having to do it again for another, in essence, another 90 minutes. Did you do pickups at the second show too? Second show, he did not have any pickups, but that's also because he knew what he'd gotten on the first show because there was Gosh. plenty of mistakes on the second show. And uh, <laughs> there was one thing at the end. I realized that I on the first show, I'd forgotten a tag. And um, and on the second show, I'd done the same joke again, and I'd also forgotten the tag. 
So I just redid the joke just to get the tag. Yeah. Um, so that we could kind of give us the chance to put that in because it was, I didn't, yeah. that's one of those tags where I didn't want to leave out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm not yeah, earthquake. I'm not good enough to leave out a good tag. Well, one take quake is what earth take quake. Yeah. Well, that's what he said on the podcast. You know, earth, one was take a great quake. episode. We got in and out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot the John wick tag. <laughs> that's what's like, funny. Even, even someone, 20 take Adam, I think would be my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I knew I've like I've heard of pickups in like, you know, TV shows and acting and things like that. But on a, it was interesting to hear that on a comedy special. So I was curious to hear what yep. what you were actually trying to reshoot there. So, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. And then they film me a few times, like walking onto stage. Like we did a few like fake walk ups and leaving the stage and stuff just to get mm -hmm. as much footage as they could, because, you know, the more you get, the more you can, the more flexibility you have just in case you need it. Um, you learn that from the first one too. Yeah, absolutely. Cause the last thing you want to do is have to cut something just cause you didn't quite get the right stuff on tape when you know, it's a good joke and you know, it fits in that sort of set of material that, you know, cause you, you don't necessarily want to save it for the next one kind of thing. For um, sure. And on the second show, I was pretty loose. So I threw in some stuff I hadn't done on the first show. I was just like, Oh, let's go for it. I'll do this other chunk. Cause who knows? Yeah. And, um, and we're not going to end up, you know, we'll, 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 we'll bump that to the uh, eighth special at this point, but uh, <laughs> he's going to film another one in six months. Everyone don't worry. Yeah. But, another um, one. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the DJ Khaled of comedy. Another one. You must be just churn like writing all the time, performing all the time, like to even to just develop an hour of talking on stage in a year mm. is, you know, that, that's no easy feat at any level of this game. So like going from the first to the second, how were you able to develop this so quickly, you know, besides yeah. your experience so much in the hot breath, right? 10 club and being a winner <laughs> of our right 10 contest, we would do it in the pandemic. So, you know, besides all that, how are you able to develop yeah, stuff yeah. so fast and yeah, feel yeah. confident enough? Besides to knowing us as your comedy yeah, yeah. Brethren. Well, the new hour yeah, was just here. 10 right 10 contest sets back to back to back. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so it's, that's pretty legit, <laughs> actually. That's not a terrible be fun. way That'd be a fun, to um, put together a special. Every well, joke is to be just honest, the word like of the, the Oh, the traffic. Yeah. I got a new one, guys. <laughs> there, there were a couple kind of like core jokes that I missed on the first one. And um, not deliberately. Like I just ran out of time and forgot. And I only had the one show and there were no real, there was no one, there was no one kind of directing that could be like, Hey, you forgot to do that joke. You know? Mm. Um, I mean, I did, a, I actually did do a few pickups the first time on the, the first special. There was actually someone in the audience, a comic who, who a good friend of mine who shouted out at the end of the show, you forgot the skydiving joke. <laughs> Do the skydive, and then I did it, and it's in there. And I, and if you see me do the joke, I kind of point at him when, when I start it. Like, thanks for reminding me. Um, That's funny. So there was a little bit of that on the first one, but there wasn't like a director who's like, here are the things you need to redo, or here's what you missed. Um, so there was a couple like jokes, like some of my two of my favorite jokes that I just missed. And, yeah. and a, so I already had that for the second one. And then there was a bunch That's of stuff I'd probably I'm going to guess like 20 to 30 percent of the lit special. Uh, the second special was written, um, at least in its like 
you know, 80, 90% of the way there before I filmed the first one. So it's not like it was all Ooh. new material that was generated post filming of the first special. Mm. Gotcha. And, um, and like, you know, in theory, the third one has started the same way. There's still a bunch of stuff that didn't make the second one. And you start yeah. with that and you kind of keep going. And so it's not it's not all unique material that was written in a year. It was stuff that's um, it was also like extensions of certain themes from the first one. Yeah. So are you plan already planning on a third? Like I've got I, right now, I've got three different. Um, ideas about a third one if that makes sense gotcha. and i kind of yeah, as yeah, a way yeah. of just keeping the writing fresh i kind of work on them yep. all simultaneously and we'll see which kind of gets there first nice but nice. yeah so, yoshi you're about to film a special uh yeah adam's right here he just walked through the fire oh yeah yeah, well, I can give yeah, you some yeah. other things that I that I like. I made a little list of things after this most recent one for the next one. Yo, send that list over. Yeah, <laughs> but it's things that, like um like before yeah. the show, before the show, do not be shy about saying, "Everyone, get the f out of the green room." I need my own space. Mm. Like if there's could be sound people, camera people, the manager of the club, whoever, friends, other comics, like you know, if yeah. you want some space to yourself just to collect your thoughts like just don't be you know don't be shy i want to get the heck out of there um yeah. that's one thing um on a technical side anything anything that if you're talking to the sound engineer or the videographers or whatever and you ask for something right weeks in advance months in advance and they say oh yeah yeah we'll bring in that six camera immediately email them after the conversation and say just to like memorialize our conversation you committed to bringing a six camera so it's like in writing and yeah, you've sent gotcha. it and remind them a week before if it's anything that's different from like kind of their usual uh, yeah. thing, just because, you know, people forget and they get on autopilot and they just do what they usually do. Um, and if you wanted anything special, you got to make sure to remind people. Um, that's a big one. And um, I don't want it to sound like I did, but don't phone in the late show or the second show, even if you got it on the first one. Like I do wish there's a part of me that wishes I just stuck a little more to the script for the second one and treated it like approached it as if I didn't think I had it yet. I wish I, you know, if that makes sense, I think I was a little too, too loose and casual and too much like I got it. So this is cool. Like yeah. I should have pretended like I don't have it. Pressure's on, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's another, another thing that I think is helpful. Um, what was your rehearsal process from the first to the second? And did you change it up? Oh, the, well, the second one, I benefited a lot because I actually had some headliner sets. Gotcha. You know, the, the first one was an hour cobbled together at five minute open mics, right? Largely. And yep. and then, you know, some 10 minute and 15 minute sets. And I was featuring a little bit. So I got to do a few. But I never did it all at once in front of a crowd before the taping which yeah, is yeah that was your insane. first time doing an hour was your comedy special tape correct yeah yes. yeah, yeah first time i'd ever done an hour um was the taping mm -hmm. which is you know an interesting approach and not anything i would recommend but it was you know it was that's the that's the situation i was in so um this time i had you know uh, what four or five headliner sets in the few months leading up to it where i you know did most of it um 
or versions of it that I would then, of course, adjust and edit. So that's that's helpful. And I but I still did the same thing I did the first time, which is for a few months, almost every day, um, at least five times a week. I just turned on a stopwatch, grabbed the mic off the mic stand in my apartment and did it to the wall. And that I found that really helped just get it in my head. And I also like would riff to myself and I came up with tags. I wrote a couple. There's a couple jokes in there that were written in the weeks leading up to the taping. They yeah. were just me riffing in my living room as I did it and was like, oh, that's that's funny. And that's a fun way to get from, you know, that point, this point to that point. I'll put that in. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and I, I found that incredibly helpful. And, I you know, also and I still do that now. It's just a way of writing as well. Just I got like a half finished joke. Just grab the mic and pretend I'm doing it and see what comes out. There's something about actually speaking out loud that's so different than thinking in your head. For sure. Of course. Of yeah. Course. Talking is writing as well. Like just trying to talk yeah. out a joke. I mean, that's uh, Mark Norman. That's what he said on the podcast is how he writes. He just walks around a hotel room like a crazy man. Just yeah. saying his jokes out loud. And I've, I've heard several comics say that's how they write. And it feels weird at first, uh, but yeah. then it works as well. When I, so. I did one other thing that, different this time. And and I guess I would recommend it if you have the time. Um, but what I did was like two or three months before I started going through videos and every joke that's in the special, like I kind of had the set, the current set list. And I would clip, I'd clip up every set into individual jokes. And then I would take the best, truest version of each joke. Right. And I created like a Frankenstein video of the whole hour, but with the best version of each joke. And then I could just, and I could pull, I could either watch that video or I could pull the audio off and just go for a walk and just listen to each joke murdering. Cause it's the, you know, and so I kind of, I called it the Frankenstein set. Cause it's like 10 different huh. clubs, you know, it's, and every time I do a set, then after I had it, if I got a better version of a particular joke, or if I changed the wording and I got a nice clean version of it, I would swap it out. And I just kept listening to that as well. That takes yeah, a little time, but it's interesting. And then you, you, it helps you with the timing too. That's cool to hear. Yeah. You're. You're worrying about the production side of things and all of that, but you're also living in the set almost. You're listening to it. You're rehearsing it. You're saying it out loud. You're not just saying, oh, well, I have the jokes. Let me just figure out how to film it. But you're actively just burning this into your brain every day. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, and creating the connections between the different like blocks of material so that it seems like so that it makes so that like so that it makes sense to me. Like, why would I talk about going to New Orleans after I talked about living in New York kind of thing? Like, and it's, it's also just a way for me to remember the order I want it to be in. Cause, cause it, you end up doing that and you end up, the biggest impact of that is probably one tags. You think of a lot of tags. I mean, most of them don't work, but if you get a couple that end up working, you know, as you're, as you're not on the night of, but as you're preparing, then great. Um, but also like you, you, you rethink the order because you're going through it so much. You're like, I actually think this junk makes way more sense up here kind of thing. There's a good question 
from the live chat here from Tim Ketchersid, which is one of the perks of joining our weekly live streams every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on our YouTube channel. You can ask questions directly. And Tim asked, mm. Adam, are you comfortable talking about budget for the first special and how it compares to the second special? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the way that's worded, I can answer that. Um, <laughs> the second, the second one probably cost me. Actually, put it put it in tater tots. How many tater tots? <laughs> tater tot. Well, how much is a tater tot? The second one is probably two and a half to three times more expensive than the first one. Okay. Um, and and that's and there's maybe like and now there's some, let's say, optional costs to come because partly. Um, you know, you, I wanted to wait until I'd seen a couple a couple of the edits before I really sort of knew, oh, this is pretty good. Um, and now that I'm on the maybe the third edit is probably coming to me in the next couple of days. Um, so now I'm, I'm trying to decide, like, maybe I should hire a PR firm for when this comes out. Maybe I should. There's some others. You know, now I start formulating like the marketing plan to actually release the thing because I really kind of I know what I have now. Um, and that's an additional cost that I don't, I actually don't know what that would be, but that's something I'll be looking into. So what was the, the two and a half to three times? What, what were those ad additional costs? Oh, um, all right. So I, had a, I, you know, I had a, there was a hair and makeup person this time. Ooh. Yeah. It doesn't, it, you know, so if you, if you look at it, you're like, it didn't help. Oh, trust me how much worse it would have been, uh, without them. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is also important for the multiple shows because you want to try to look exactly the same on the second show, and you're you've just exerted a lot of effort. So, um, I didn't have too much makeup, but like the powder that makes you not shiny um, is is helpful. And then there was a photographer, so there's like you know, running around with lots of still pictures, which will be helpful for promotion and stuff, and are just kind of fun to have. Those aren't huge costs, but then really just like the a, a proper you know, videographer crew, because every camera was manned. They weren't just on tripods filming, right? Oh. Uh, there was one, there was a roving guy that had the thing strapped to him on a gimbal that could walk around the room and get some interesting shots. Um, so I think there was the crew of uh, four or five. So paying, you know, the for the, the, I guess, the rental of the equipment and their time, that adds, that's really the, the bulk of the additional cost. Sure. The first one, we had one camera was manned by a comic whose camera it was who volunteered to do it. So it was, you know, as a favor, which is a very different, um, which is also something, by the way, I wouldn't recommend doing. <laughs> Not, he did a great job, a fantastic job. But oh, yeah. when, you, when someone's doing you a favor and it's essentially free, it's harder to boss them around and tell them how you want them to do it. If you pay someone something, you're like, here, I want you to do this. And it's it's much easier to do that. Although I didn't boss anyone around the second time either, because that was you know I trusted the director to have everything figured out, and he and he and he did because he's he's very good at these. That's how awesome. did how did you decide, even in the filming, how did you decide where to put the cameras and how many you wanted to have? So even if you could break down, yeah, the the production of what the setup was. Yeah, so there were I think there were five cameras. So there was there was kind of a classic head-on view. Um, then there was a head-on view that was on a, like a track, so it just mm -hmm. moves back and forth. 
mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool, you know, image. And then there was there were two like diagonal views. And then there was the guy with the camera attached to him. Um, I think that's five, right? One, two, three. Yeah, that's five. And I think I think it the the positioning is obviously you need that head on view because that's probably the most important view. Um, and then having the second head on view on the track was just kind of a fun sort of production value thing. And this was all Jason's doing, not mine. And then the room we were in, the logical other places is just to have a shot from each side. So I think partly it depends on where you're, you know, where you're taping. Like, I think, you know, um, I'm sure if you know people that are taping these big specials and these huge theaters, I'm sure the, 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 where you put the cameras is probably a very different thought process than in a sort of typical rectangular club. Yeah. How big, how many people were in your audience or how did y'all fill the audience versus fill the crew? Like the room room seats. Yeah. The room seats about a hundred people, but we probably lost 15 ish seats because of the cameras. So I had to fill whatever that is, 85. And, um, you know, you promote to family and friends and, um, the club's going to sell t- the club's going to put it on their website and email it to their list. So they got some, there's some interest there. There's people that had watched the first one, um, that, that are in the area that were, that came out, you know, a bunch of people came from my gym to be supportive. Uh, nice. Yeah. You know, if, if you go like every 18 months, people will come out. They'll, they won't come again <laughs> until I'm taping something, but they, they come for the, you know, for that one. Is that the gym or to the, to your special? The gym, the gym, yeah. the gym. <laughs> like this guy's been talking a big game for years. We probably should go <laughs> see what's actually going on. So, no, but that was nice. They, they had like a whole big table. It was great. Um, awesome. But it's it's nice. Like you know, if you're not, I'm not a draw, right? So it's nice, you know, you or you strategically want to pick a location if you're not a draw that that has their own draw for that night that you're shooting and like West side comedy club in New York is going to get a certain number of people for a Thursday night shows. And my hope is like, they get what they usually get. Plus I get more because it's a special event and people that want to come see me and then I can for get, sure. you know, a good crowd. But like, yeah. if I tried, you know, if I tried to do it in some random place, like I couldn't have done this outside of New York. I just don't know enough people in another market and I'm not a draw yet. So Zeb asked, does your host prep the audience and let them know a special's being recorded? If so, what are some things you instruct them to do and say? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and, great. and and just before I answer it, I'll say that in the first one, I had like several openers. Um, and that's another thing on my list is like, I didn't want to do that. I just had a host and she did, you know, 20 minutes and then brought me right up. I didn't need a... I, I don't think I was on stage the first time until about 45 minutes into the show. And I, that's not, I didn't want to do that again. Um, my thought Why not? was like, well, I feel from, from having gone to a bunch of tapings in New York, I feel like everyone is so hyped that it's a taping. You don't need that extra time to get the audience prepared. And, um, I want to have as much time. Like I wanted to be able to do an hour and a, be on stage for an hour and a half if I had to. And there's a second show. So you had to, you know, you're going to get the better crowd at the first show, or at least I knew I would. And I need to have the time to be able to get every, get all the pickups if I need them. I don't want to be sitting there waiting. I just like, I'm amped. I'm ready to go. 
Um, but she did. So, um, you know, she did point out to the crowd, Hey, this is a, this is a, this is a, you know, to amp them up as well. Hey, you're at a special event. This is a special recording. Um, Adam's going to come out and do his set. And then when he finishes, just stay in your seats. Cause we're going to do some, we might do some pickups. We might do some fun things at the end. Um, you'll get to see how it all, this all gets put together. You know, you know, she was very, you know, she get, there was a, there was a sort of list of instructions. So the audience understood what was, um, how they, we hoped they'd behave given that it was a taping and everyone, everyone was great. Very cool. That is good to know, cause I think yeah I had I just had a friend host mine, and he did a set up front, and then basically like built up this big announcement of like here we go type deal. So it keeps it moving. Yeah, they're there. They're there for you. They're there for the taping. Yeah. So it just kind of three openers. You know, like yeah, at this at, for something like for a taping like this, they they, mm -hmm. they just you know. And I also don't want them to get the, I don't want them tired at the end of the set. Like you might be worried. Oh, what if they're not like ready for the beginning? Well, first of all, I think they will be after 20 minutes and yeah. Um, and you're going to open with, with like great jokes and you're going to close with great jokes. The whole thing's going to be great, of course. But like the last thing you want is them tired when you're getting into those last few jokes where you really want your, your special to end strong. You don't want a tired crowd for that. Because nice. I think Yoshi's playing on having several openers. So I, yeah, just, I was thinking uh, 15. I was just going to make so an open mic right before the special. <laughs> Pretty much a showcase. And then he was doing bucket spots. <laughs> I'm going to do bucket spots. You got to pay, you got to pay me to go up and to then bring her show. <laughs> and to be clear, I mean, look, I, I had, did have, I had to think I had three people and a host the first time. And, uh, yeah. you know, you, you can do it. it. Like it worked. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm just, this was something that I had observed and I thought that's the way I wanted to do it for sure. By no means I'm wrong about most things. So I could be wrong about that. <laughs> no, no, it's just a good, I, I just liked that you shared your thought process on what, well, and also to be honest, like want. it's, it's also tricky, you know, being a New York comic in the New York scene, like picking openers. I also don't want to upset anyone by not asking them to do it. So it's a lot easier if I'm like, I was just going to be a host. Uh, that I'm nice. that I'm not, you know, I don't have to like explain why I picked one person versus another or something. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of New York comics, oh, did you have a question, Yoshi? Uh no. Go ahead. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you sure? You sure? You, yeah, yeah. You, you, you sure? You, you sure? <laughs> so Drew Beekler a fellow New York comedian. Hey, yeah. Hey, Drew. He asked, did you work with the director beforehand on the material order structure or was the director just there to direct the camera people? I think it's, it's more the latter. Like he didn't know the material before the filming or anything like that. Um, we did talk once about, he was like, if you have any, if there's any big movement, like physical movements in a joke, like let, we can sit down and talk about where those are in the set. Because if we want one of the cameras to like push in or pull out or move somewhere or do something based on a specific bit or a specific actor, yeah. we can do that. Um, the way that he had the room set up, I didn't really need any any of that type of thing. Um, you can also feel like we, he also all the cameras he was using were also six K. Not to get technical, but that means you can punch in and still be four K. 
So that's mm. a that's a nice benefit where you you effectively have more camera angles than you think just by being able to punch in if you mm -hmm. film at such high resolution. Um, so mostly he was just he was directing kind of the camera angles, following the set, noticing if I screwed something up or if something like wouldn't like was, a, you know, like when I started a joke while I was drinking water, it's like, let's redo the beginning of that joke so that um, so that I, I'm not, you know, holding the water, stuff like that. Yeah. Very nice. Jerry Kroll. Adam, you mentioned where he came up with the set design. He was we talked a little bit about that. So like if you see it with the there's some cool lighting and and curtains and stuff and that was that was all him. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, and looking for a director or someone to help out. Like yeah, who what would you recommend like you mentioned makeup and all that which is optional. Like what would you recommend bringing people in to help? Like what would you want the most help with? when producing your own special like i think it's the ca i think it's the cameras and the audio like the tech because yeah. oh I, we should I, I, this is helpful to point out because you don't just have your videographer crew you also have a separate audio engineer so because you got to have someone sitting in the sound booth you know that's that's put you, you know obviously has the um like the mic feed but also multiple audience mics who's watching the levels and making sure all that gets taped properly because Without good audio, it doesn't matter what the video looks like. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, so I think, I think a lot that's of people... the most important thing. Like, if yeah. you know, good audio engineer, good videographers, you know, every and, and those, that's the, those are the most important things for sure. Yeah, don't put it all on one person to do everything. Like, you you definitely want separate yeah. people for the audio and the video. That's their expertise. Let them just focus on those things instead of having to try to yeah. run around and make sure the sound's going and the videos are all going. Yeah, you really. Yeah. You and don't if, if your video people it. know sound engineers that they've worked with in the past, that's great. Mm -hmm. But like, so I knew I knew a sound engineer that had done. He he had recorded several other specials that's in that same room. And I'd, I'd met him before. I'd been at a special taping where he was the sound engineer. I'd heard the output. So I was like, he knows how this room works from an audio perspective. So he's Perfect, the right yeah. guy to do it. Um, awesome. So and the director knew all, like all the other people were through the director. Like yeah, he cool. took care of the, the makeup person and the camera, the, the, you know, still image camera person and all that stuff. I didn't okay. have to find people separately. Yeah. If that makes but sense. You, so yeah. basically you had a video person and you hired a separate audio person. Yeah. yeah. I had to kind of, I had to, I had to make, I just scheduled two people and then they scheduled sure. everything else. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and this is on Jerry had a question, but Bob, um, this one's a little relevant to what we're talking about. He asked what, what was the type of camera? I think you said you had five cameras, but what was the type of camera model and make that you used? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't actually know, but six K. So, yeah, they were filmed, yeah, at, like filmed at 6K quality. so that they can punch in. It'll Like, the final product will be 4K, and then when you see it on YouTube, if that's where it ends up, which is most likely, often that's down to, like, 1080. It'll still look great, but... Excuse me. Um, I'm not sure what the brand of camera was, to be honest. The first the first special was a couple Blackmagic cameras and a Sony, if that means anything. <laughs> yeah, and Blackmagic does make 6K cameras as well. Yeah, they have the 4K and a 6K. Mm-hmm. So Jerry Kroll asks, you mentioned 
working on material leading up to the show and working alone in your apartment, did you run the material with some trusted comics or other types of prep? Oh, I mean, like all the jokes I was doing, I've done in, in front of crowds many, many times. Um, it's just doing them together as an hour that flows that I was mm -hmm. that you got to, that I was doing by myself in in my room. Um, so it's sort of like the standard process of, you know, whether going to open mics, doing shows, you know, five minute spots, 10, 15. Uh, I feature a lot, which is like 20 to 25 minutes. So 20 to 25 minutes is good because I would, I would sort of I'd probably open with the same five minutes every time and maybe close with the same thing. But I could swap out the middle to over, you know, if you're doing four feature sets in a weekend, you can get through the whole hour. Um, but yeah. then you get back in your room when you want to just go, I need to, I need to say these words in order the whole thing. And that's, mm. that's me, you know, I had, and I, again, I had three or four headliner sets where I was able to do that. And then I, and then I was doing it almost every day in my apartment by myself. The wall did not laugh once. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you, you mentioned earlier some chuckles from a neighbor through an air vent or something, but nothing. Oh, oh, oh Adam's doing that one again. He's like, nice tag, Adam. <laughs> Yeah. Don't forget the airport bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You forgot the skydiving one last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, I think this is something comics are maybe thinking as they heard you say at the beginning, but how did you get your stuff on serious? Oh, so, um, so the thing about serious, I think, I think serious has changed over the last, I don't know, three to five years. Cause it, it feels like it used to be that anyone, if you had the, uh, sort of album quality audio could just kind of submit something to them. Um, yeah. Now you do need to go through a label is my understanding. Um, so what I did was, and this was a while after the it had been out on YouTube, um, the world series of comedy, which uh -huh. is a festival where I probably, that's where I, I don't know if it's where I met you, Yoshi, if it was through there or through hot breath, it's probably both, but uh, they, yeah, have a, they both, have a, yeah, yeah. we saw each other at the world series. Yeah. And they have a, um, they have a record label now and they've done a few compilation albums from their festival, um, which is actually a really cool thing. If you do the festival and the set goes well, you might end up being asked if you want to be on one of their compilation albums. But I said, Hey, would you guys, would you guys want to produce the audio of my special? And they said, absolutely. And, uh, and, and did, did the sort of back, um, back end work to get that all prepped and sent to Sirius. Nice. And then you guys will, you have like a split agreement on like the, the spins. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's pretty standard yeah. revenue splits and it's all very easy to do once, once it's um, done. And you know, I, you split it into tracks, you name the tracks. Mm -hmm. It's, and, there, and then there's a lot of like metadata that they need, like keywords and stuff. And, and that's, you know, the, the label takes care of a lot of that. And, uh, and then you, you know, you wait and hope they accept it. And they, they did. Yeah, it's a great way to make just that mailbox money. Just every month you, you get a check from that stuff. It's very nice. Yeah, and I've, I've gotten one email that said, hey, I heard you on Sirius. Um, so I'll probably get about five or ten cents coming to me soon. Ooh-wee! <laughs> yeah, those are, those are good feelings. Hopefully that's not the only time they've played a track, but we'll see. <laughs> and... The last thing I wanted to bring up is the promotion side mm. because you had mentioned maybe hiring a PR, PR firm for this one. I know in the first one you talked about 
you DM'd all the followers of the comedy club you filmed at saying, yeah. hey, basically this here's the special. Um, basically, yeah, you had a, you had a whole we talk about it all in the first episode we did together about that special, but basically that was just a unique way to promote it. So I'm curious where you're thinking on how you can uniquely promote this yeah. one. Well, I have about five or six times more YouTube subscribers now than I did when the first one came out. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Nice. And um, and then there's other people that have commented on the first one. Um, like I imagine I can go into those comments and be like, hey, the second one's out. If you want to shit on that one too. Um, feel free <laughs> and uh and then probably follow a similar you know thing to the first one which is start just start you know dming uh through so in, th in some sort of logical way and sequence people that might be interested and try to drum up some interest that way um i mean if it goes if it just goes straight to youtube like the other one did which is, is a, there's a good chance there's there's a there's a chance it won't um that it'll go through some other distributor but I think that's what I, that would be the way I would do that. I'd probably replicate the same thing and hope that it works better because just simply because there's more, you know, a bigger subscriber base. Mm -hmm. And honestly, and I think I also know, I think one of the things that really helps is knowing, uh, knowing comics that have a much bigger following than you that would be willing to repost that you just did something. And so as you advance mm. in your career and you meet more people and they like you and want to be helpful and, and, um, and think you're funny enough that they could pr help you promote it. It's pretty easy for them to just forward, you know, add the, to their stories on Instagram or something. So I think that's just a natural evolution as you meet more people and network a bit is hopefully you get a little more help on that end as well. Lovely. Well, we're of course happy to help promote however we can. And things like this. Like, yeah. Know, as many of as many, as much as you can do. You have a date that you're, it's going to be released. Do you have like a release date for it? Um, I know you were talking about seeing sort of like the first cut. So do you have like a release date that you want to get it out to the world or that's still like a work in progress? Still work in progress. Like my hope is it's going to be done sometime in February. Um, so gotcha. given where we are in the editing, like in the editing, in the note process um, of going through it, like it's, you know, my notes have gotten to a point where I'm accidentally undoing my previous note, you know, you get to that stage. You're like, I think I just said the opposite thing as I did on the last draft. So we're getting close, you know? Um, and that's, so my guess is it certainly will be done. I would think sometime in, in February. Cause right. What, what has to happen is you, you lock the pick, you, you do get to picture lock where all the angles and it's all, you know, all the edits are done. Then they, then they do all the colorizing. And then they got to send, then they do, then they mix the sound. So, which could take, that could take a couple of weeks if the sound editors are busy, you know, um, it's not going to be, you know, so, but it could, it could be ready sometime towards the end of February. And then it's just a question of what's the, is there any, is there a specific date in March that like helps? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but hope, hopefully if it's just going to go on YouTube, which is the most likely, you know, distribution channel, I would think sometime in the first half of March. Nice. Are you thinking? I think for comedians, our default is self-produce YouTube. What do you? What other options are you exploring, or what are you thinking there? Well, there's someone that wants to pitch it to um, a distributor, and it and the difference is it still it just ends up they end up it would it would end up getting on all the platforms faster, but 
um, but it might be behind a paywall, and that's the question, right? Is you know, I think less people are going to watch something if it's behind a paywall. You might make more money, but um, or you might not. It's hard to know. Yeah, but then, I, I you know. sold mine on my website and yeah. just kept it behind there, and it's something people just buy it every now and then, and it's just yeah. kind of income that just comes in like that you know but the whole goal was selling well, yeah, and that's smart because you have no back. distributor right like it's just you yeah yeah it's just on my so website no, yeah. no one's taking a cut of that which is fantastic right mm -hmm. if i sold it to someone there's a question of like and this is, this is a theoretical question but if someone came in and said we'll give we'll we'll pay the production costs right and then there's some sort of revenue split on everything that's made after that um so day one i'm now even yeah. That's an interesting, that's an interesting, uh, proposition that I would have to think about. And yeah. And I, then I have to decide, do I want to keep con complete control over it and get paid way less? Or do I want to take all the risk off the table? Yeah. What was your yeah. thought process with your first one? With your first one? No effort was, was made to like sell that first one to anyone because I just didn't think anyone would want it. <laughs> I mean, to be and honest, has, like I, I yeah. if you if, if you had if I had to guess when that first one came out, like if we go back in time, I would have think I would have been like, if a few thousand people watch this thing, that'll be amazing. And you know, it's at one hundred and forty thousand. So yeah, you know, you never know. Um, yeah, and it was, and I think it was, it was um, better than I. It came out better than I thought it could. It was, yeah. I mean, it was it was a huge step function in me as a comedian, just in terms of confidence, because like, oh, man, I did that. And it's not bad. That's, you know, now let's move forward from here. That creates a new like baseline. And it and um, and I think that really, yeah, that really propelled my, you know, that's very motivating. You just don't want to start writing it like and I felt the same way after this second one. I taped on December 7th and December 8th. I was like, when can I tape again? That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's legit. dude. And, um, you know, and then I wrote a bunch of new jokes and they all bombed and I was like, it's going to be a while. <laughs> well, do you have any uh, closing advice or takeaways about producing your own special for fellow comedians out there yeah see look i think i think there's a there's an element of stress to it but it's also like really it's a really fun process to go through um and i, I kind of like the whole creative process from beginning to end so for me it's very fun to see even like the post-production and the editing and giving the notes it's all um for me it's all part of that creative process and i i enjoy it um, and there's also nothing better than like a special recording event and that the, the hype of the audience, it's very, very fun. Um, so I would say to anyone, like, you know, if you're, if you're ready and you have the material by all means do it. And the other thing is, and I think this is actually probably the most important thing I can say is, uh, you don't have to do an hour. Like if you have a killer 20 minutes and you want to create something, find two other comics that have killer twenties as well get book a club do two shows hire the hire the cameraman and do it do it professionally but now you got three people promoting and bringing in an audience you know flip the order the first show versus the late show because there's nothing a 20 minute special that kicks ass is great and and that's fantastic there's no reason you got to be like i got 20 great minutes that i want to put on tape but i 
need to wait until I have another 40. No, you don't. Mm. You could do, you, you know, I think no one's watching my an hour special. Very few people are watching from beginning to end unless the unless it's like Dave Chappelle or, so, or you know, Bill Burr, like most, even even <laughs> yeah. when I watch stuff, it's 15, 20 minute increments. And then I go back to it later and I go, you know, maybe it's two or and the, same thing on YouTube. People are bouncing around. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with a good 20, 30 minute special and you could you can team up with people and split the costs. That's a really good idea. I don't think. I, yeah, <laughs> that's a really good idea. And if you don't yeah, care, that's about what the video, does. Yeah. If you don't care about the video as much, if you just like I got I got a great 20 minutes, I'd love to have on Sirius XM. Then you just need an audio engineer and it's not even that expensive, especially if you split it with a few other people. So. Very, very doable. Look at Adam dropping gems. Gems. Gems, gems. Thank you so much. Did uh did oh, we not cover thank you for having me? Of course, man. Of course. We yeah, you know, we've been yeah. fans and loved yeah. comics out there taking action and taking their career into their own hands. That's the whole it's the whole name of the game here. Yeah. And uh Adam is gonna be in Atlanta for this weekend for the West End Comedy Festival. Yep. I will also be there. So if anybody's in Atlanta, come check us out. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good, man. It's good to like see you just rocking. I mean, you know, I think we saw each other. I think the last plot might have been in Florida at the. <laughs> at, uh, wait, wait, what no, about no, no, World Vegas World last States. year? Was Vegas. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think I was thinking of um, Sarasota. McCurdy. We've we've bumped into each other across the old World Series circuit a few times. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. But that Sarasota, remember we had that killer show. We we're like, we got to do oh. this club more often. <laughs> That's a great. Yeah. That is a great spot. Must have been McCurdy's. Great. Yeah, yeah. The crowds are amazing. Yeah. The crowd was incredible. <laughs> we were like, yeah, yeah. Let's run this one back. <laughs> let's send the email. <laughs> it's too bad. It's too bad they weren't taping the compilation albums that year. That Dude. would have been fire. Yeah, that was a fire set. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, man. Congrats on the new special, man. That's I'm 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 excited for you. Just don't release and it. I'm on excited February for you, 22nd. man. I can't. Don't release you're... it on February twenty second. How about that? Just I need. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can release. Wait, is it that what you're taping? You're taping. Yeah, that's just what I'm taping. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really. It's I don't know when I'm gonna release, but I'll be I'll be busy because my dry bar is the February twenty third. So I'll just be nice. I'll just be trying to remember not to swear on the 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing no, that you're with, gonna, uh, who else are you doing? Wellington in June. Colson. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Wellington's a, OG Atlanta fam. And then June's OG hot breather. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. my fingers crossed. I get to go before Wellington. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Well, hopefully you get the spot. The the person that goes up third, they put they do two comics and then a candy break. So oh, then people get up and go get candy and oh, popcorn wow. and then come back. So I got to tape the third spot, which meant two comics, then a fun sugar break, and then the third. So okay. make sure that momentum, you know, ceases for so a did minute. Did you feel the sugar crash like fifteen minutes in your set? <laughs> Fortunately like, more not. More candy, more candy. Yeah, right. We've been in fam. <laughs> But I've I, seen the I clip did have of the to... football joke, by the way, and I loved it. So I can't. Oh, wait to, I thank haven't seen you. the whole special yet, but I saw that on YouTube, and that was fantastic. I I, I had a blast, man. You're gonna love it out there. They treat you like royalty. It's it's such a positive and fun experience that I, I'm glad you're gonna get to get to have because they are they're they're great people over there. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I'm I'm very excited. Nice. Well, if did we miss any questions you have, Yoshi? Did you for your special? No, we got them. I mean, I think we got through them. I was, you know, my thing was mostly just about the rehearsal process. Um, you talked about the lighting. I mean, you talked about sort of just the day of. I guess maybe like one more, one last question. Day of the special that you taped, mm -hmm. sort of walk me through sort of what your day was like okay. and kind of like the mindset that you were in for the day of. Ooh, I was pretty chill. Like I didn't, I didn't like rehearse that morning or anything. I, um, I went, to, you know, I got some exercise. I slept in a little bit. I slept in as much as I could. Yeah. Got a little exercise because that just gets my brain going. I want, I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure I did something. Um, may have taken like a 20 or 30 minute nap at some point in the early afternoon, which, um, you know, whatever, but it mostly was just me. It was more of a meditation than a nap. I'm not even sure if I fell asleep. And yeah. then, uh, you know, they, they wanted me there at like five. So I just got my stuff together and went over and um, kind of went over the set list a few times, but I, I did less specific jokes and more just the different blocks. Cause the way I kind of organized my thing in my head is like, there's blocks, like a block might be Canada. And then within that there's, you know, six jokes and the next block yeah. might be MIT and there's seven jokes. So yeah. I just went, I kind of went through my mind just block to block and just gotcha. with the confidence that I know what the jokes are in, in the blocks now. And then, um, you know, got there and was overwhelmed by all the activity that was going on. Um, and, and I do wish I had kicked everyone out of the green room and taken 20 minutes just to go over the set lists yeah. in that sort of half an hour before the show, but I didn't really have that chance and, um, and it worked out fine anyway. So, but I was just, you know, awesome. normal day. Yeah. Like I, yeah I, didn't, sure. I didn't do anything. Just try to be ready, you know, be well rested. Yeah, yeah, you didn't sacrifice a goat or nothing like that. Just I think even like, the night before, you know. I think I only did like a, and, and this isn't necessarily by choice, right? This is also by like who books me. But I think I only did like a, maybe like an eight minute spot somewhere in the city, but I made sure it was early because I didn't mm -hmm. want to be out late. And um, yeah, and in eight minutes, I wasn't going to run the set. It was, that was just about being, <laughs> that's just about, you know, being comfortable on stage and loose and fun. I didn't yeah, even really just care all what your I did. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to like, I wasn't trying to test a new tag. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say I did write. Well, I did come up with a couple things the morning of that I did do. So I, I sh I'll, I'll slip that in at the end that, that, that I'm not sure that's a smart move. Um, <laughs> I riffed a few things that are going to be in the special that came nice. to me that morning. Yeah. And uh, oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Why not? I mean. Like you said, right? You you taped it twice, so <laughs> if it worked, well, I slipped them into like I did the first kind of couple minutes as planned. Then there was a little couple riffy things, if I remember, you know. So and it was nothing that was like if this doesn't work, it'll ruin the show. It yeah, was. Yeah. It's pretty. It's you know. It's kind of pretty clean, kind of like like I I said something about the fact that it was my second special, and turned that into a laugh and just think a few things like that. For sure. Um, Talked about yeah, what day it was. I made a joke about the what day it was, which I'll just you know you you you'll have to you'll have to buy it to to hear that joke. Ooh, <laughs> can I have that joke? By buy it, I mean watch a YouTube ad about uh, yeah. probiotics when it comes out. <laughs> Congratulations! Sure that's probably what they what the algorithm puts on my stuff. Probiotics pro and probiotics. <laughs> and are you monetized? Are you monetizing your YouTube special? 
Yeah, I got the first special got like halfway through. It's well, the, after the first sixty thousand views is kind of when I hit monetization. Gotcha. So it got my it got my YouTube monetized, which was another reason to do it because I felt like this can get me the the subscribers and the views I need to For get sure. monetization. So this next one would start already monetized, which is great. Awesome. Boom. That's awesome, dude. I well done, my friend. You pushing it. Amazing. I know. Second special. That's that's very exciting, man. It's exciting just to yeah. see you not getting stuck in the old school mentality of like, well, let me wait until X, Y, and Z, or maybe someday. You're saying no. I'm gonna make it the day. I'm gonna yeah. say when the day is, and I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna yeah. put it on the calendar. And I'm going to make myself uncomfortable and I have this date. I have to figure out something by then and you did it. And that is very difficult to do and very scary for people yep. at every level in this game. So I salute you for, well, where, where can people follow you or reach out with questions? If they have any Adam, uh, at Adam dot Mueller on Instagram is by the best, uh, the best. And you can certainly DM me on there. And then, uh, the YouTube channel is Adam Mueller comedy. So if you're not subscribed, Please subscribe because that's probably where the special will turn up. Please subscribe. Um, and you can always watch, and you please subscribe. Please, pretty please with a cherry on top. <laughs> uh, and if you've already watched the first special, you know, put it on, just put it on mute and just let it run in the living room. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, Yoshi? Where people follow you? Uh, follow me on DJ Yoshi on Instagram and Yoshi So on TikTok. I'm starting to get on TikTok. I'm not there, like fully there yet, but I'm starting. I'm 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 dipping my toe in. My kids have to teach me how to do it, so uh, I'm making it work. Uh, and then uh, special dates are all up on Yoshi.com. Y O S H E E dot com. Beautiful. And y'all can follow me at Joel Byers Comedy, and we can also connect at Hot Breath Pod on all social media go join our facebook group where you can connect with all three of us and write jokes together and join our patreon if you enjoy all this free education all of it so we'll see y'all next tuesday for this live stream again on youtube bye y'all hot breath this episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.